like what we have and what we've developed is a space for us to come divulge our deepest, darkest fears about motherhood, about life, about our careers, and have a safe space to process things with one another. And we are the lucky ones. We feel very lucky that we found this space and the people to do this with. But we know, not just because of COVID, but it was certainly magnified by COVID, that not everyone has had the opportunity to find their own village, their own safe space. And so what we hope this podcast can do is serve as a safe space for anyone who wants to talk about motherhood. You're already a mother, you're not a mother. You want to be a mother, you're not sure. You might want to be a father. You might want you don't know how to support the new mother in your life. Like whatever the case is, we're here to talk about it. We're here to be better versions of ourselves and we're going to be judging. Epstein, and then all the conspiracy theories that they were saying 
which by the way there is really sad news see i don't even maybe this is i have not looked at the news in weeks because you know anyways that's <laughs> it's like, like we really really wanted to believe in them so much because it's like everything that they've been doing um i watched one of his i think what is it called um uh the the netflix show oh, yeah yeah updates, and it just makes you like love him and makes you like see what good they're doing for like polio still in other countries and the water to like the water purification for for you know villages and countries that you know don't have running water you think of that this guy is a total saint and how scary it is to think that oh, he might have been connected to somebody that you know yeah. a bunch of 16 year old girls to an island somewhere which i don't know like a ton i don't even want to look at that stuff so yeah no i feel you and everybody was con like not everybody but so many people connected to him in so many ways and yeah, but I didn't finish watching that documentary, but I started watching it and yeah, that's how they were making him look to be. And that's what I think about when I think about all the work they're doing. But like, did you feel any vibe that like you could see a chance of it being like something else, like not humanitarian? I'm just curious because all these stories out there, you know, like how does everything get spun in so many diff different directions, you know? I don't know. I'm just like afraid that like people like that, that are like, have the world at their feet, they get kind of bored in some way. And they're like, with like being so eccentric and then like going, having a secret life. That's kind yeah. of what I'm afraid of. Like we see them as this way and they're doing the work. Yeah. And, and I don't know, is it always like their shadow self? Well, here is Cynthia saying one of her favorite sayings, never put anything past anyone. For sure. So absolutely nothing that has been said about the Gates or anyone for that matter is really all that surprising. I mean, it yeah. takes a lot to surprise us these days, I think. Like all of the stories that have come out from just 2020 like we could list them and say oh i didn't i never would have thought that of that person never put anything past anyone including ourselves yeah it's totally including ourselves with ourselves thinking thinking we know ourselves first of all cynthia never wanted to have a kid and here i'm doing a <laughs> podcast about motherhood <laughs> I was the person that you would meet that was allergic to kids. I like kids would kind of wave and do peekaboos. And I would totally be like, I don't see this child. I don't know who these people are. I don't know why this kid is trying to make eye contact with me. He can't even talk. And now I am that weirdo that's playing peekaboo with any child that's willing to play with me because I think all children are just so amazing. And I am here talking about motherhood, the one thing I thought I would never do. So never put anything past anyone, including the Gates divorce. And if the Gates are struggling, that just puts things into perspective. Money does not buy happiness. Money does not buy a happy marriage. And 
really the truth. Another saying that I like to say, there's no such thing as a happy marriage. Stop that. Can we stop calling marriages happy? They're not, they're work. That's what they are. And sometimes you have happy moments, but they're fleeting. And sometimes you have bad moments and those are fleeting too. But marriage yeah. is work. You know, so I was gonna ask you, uh, Cynthia, where's your accent from? Oh, thank you for asking me. I um, wish people would ask me this more often. So it's um, one of my favorite questions to ask, but I've actually, here's a confession, have never answered it myself, at least not fully, because I get accent and slang and speech therapy all muddled together. Mm -hmm. And so whenever accent comes up, what I really want to tell people is that I wish I would invest in a speech therapist. It's something that I've always wanted to work on because I feel like I have a sort of like lazy way of pronouncing syllables. Like I have to really think long and hard to pronounce things the way they pretty much should be pronounced. But when I'm super relaxed, I think my Chicago comes up, like so born and raised in Chicago. And when I moved to LA in 90-ish, like late 90s, um, I, would, I was told often that I had a really, really harsh accent. And so apparently it's kind of Chicago-ish. That's, I don't know if it's Chicago-ish, I don't know. I'm from Chicago, so I, I say it's Chicago-ish, but maybe it's not. But I've been in LA for over 20 years now. So I think it's shifting. Um, and I think that my accent changes with, according to who I'm with and what I'm doing and what I'm talking about. So like when I'm really passionate about a topic, I'm gonna skip a bunch of syllables. I'm gonna mispronounce words. Instead of saying, for example, I should say probably. But even when I text, I'll say probably. I'll probably be there around four. Okay. So like, and then if I'm talking to my best friend in Chicago, like just slang words are going to come up that I wouldn't share with someone that's here in LA. So words, simple words, like instead of like a drink, a pop, you know, it's like little slang words that come up that are more maybe, I don't know if it's geography, but yeah, it's part of my accent. What about you, Dorsai? Um, I think my accent, when Cynthia first asked me this, I was like, oh my God, so interesting that you asked me, which I'm always like so excited anytime somebody's interested in me. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> I'm like, let me tell you what I, people have told me. Um, <laughs> and it's funny because it doesn't go to my background or anything, but it's like people always ask me if I'm like from the East Coast or if I'm like maybe from Canada or somewhere in the like Northeast. Uh, but I think really it's a combination of, well, because originally I'm Persian, my parents, I was born in Iran, came here when I was two with my mom and dad. And we were in San Diego for a bit. And then we moved to the Valley. And then I was pretty much not born, but raised in the Valley since then, the 818. And I think uh, if anybody's ever seen the movie Clueless, like I'm definitely got the like 
the, I don't the Valley Girl accent. Like that's it. Like the staple Valley Girl accent. Remember the in the in the, the there were the group of Persians and you if you wanted to be in their group with the Persians, <laughs> you had to drive a BMW. Gosh, well I guess I didn't get initiated into that crew until I was like 25 and graduated law school and passed the bar and could afford my own BMW. Um and now I'm a Tesla mom. <laughs> um, yeah, so not BMW or Mercedes fam, I'm Tesla. But yeah, so I think combination of Valley Girl for sure, the likes and the ums and the totallys and the extras with, I think with Persians, we like, uh, we sing our words. And so everything is like singing sounding. So I think it's like a combination of that. And then weird quirks of I think because I was adopted by my neighbors growing up and they were a Lebanese family so I somehow picked up their like American Lebanese accent so I'll say like oh you know put this like button like button this together or whatever I say catch up and so I don't know where these things came from but that's why I think it goes back to like more than just my um parents roots I guess my own roots Let's clarify that you, um, your adoption was not literal <laughs> by the <laughs> Lebanese American family. Can, can you clarify, please, Dorsa? <laughs> yes, this is true. I've formally not been adopted by any family, as I always came to find out, because there was a point where they did disown me, all of the pseudo adopted families, but I was never formally adopted by anybody, <laughs> just informally adopted by families. Um, yeah, I have a mom and a dad and one brother that is 15 years younger than me from the same parents. And they still, I mean, they can't un own me. I don't know. They're my parents, so... <laughs> like you first like um like brought up this topic as a possibility I thought it was like going through like your whole family history too so I was gonna like do my whole thing but then you started literally talking about like like your diction and the way you say words and I'm from Chicago as well so it's like I know that we say like we say picture and like like instead of picture so like our like I took theater in college and the voice and diction coach would always like ream on our asses about that. It's like, it's like, it's picture, picture. Family history is like um, my, uh, so we're from Chicago as well, but that's because my dad um, is a Polish refugee. So he was born in England on a refugee camp in uh, like 1951, like right after the war, both of his parents fought for the Polish army, at least my grandfather did. He actually, um, he went to one of the, the, the prison camps. So he was at a death camp. He was caught with his like platoon or whatever group, whatever they call it, you know, in like the British and Polish armies that were fighting together. He was caught, he escaped in a garbage dumpster. He was shot three times by the Nazis. And um, he like was a total, total badass, right? So then like he fled, he got out. They went, all, all of the Polish people fled Poland after the war, went to England where they, um, they were like basically like on a refugee camp. And then they all took the boat 
to like all the way it went through through all the um, the Great Lakes and ended up in Chicago. And the reason they ended up in Chicago is because a lot of them had jobs there. So there's a big Polish community in Chicago. And um, and uh, what, what's ironic is that my grandfather was such a total badass and he ended up passing away from skin cancer because he didn't see a mole on his back, which is crazy. So get checked for your, that's the moral of the story is like, check your bod. Right. But anyway, like, I don't know why, like, I thought like going into like family history would, you know, be like the thing, but that's what I was talking about. What about like, Cynthia, we where but you have a family history that like, I sort of know a little bit about, but like, what's your ethnic heritage? I am proudly Guatemalan, uh, a thousand million trillion percent. And what that means is that back in like Mesoamerica before there were boundaries and borders that are invisible by the way from space <laughs> so when you see a marble you don't see boundaries <laughs> you know like it there are no borders on marbles <laughs> <laughs> so um so I am a mix of indigenous Mayan blood, European colonists, and maybe at some point, the mother, the motherland of Africa, <laughs> they're the original, what, cradle of humanity. So I'm, I'm pretty much, and I like to think of myself as Mayan, even though there's no proof that I have Mayan blood in me. Um, and there's probably some Spanish in there because of how Latin America was raped or is being raped um, or has been. And um, yeah, so both of my parents um, insisted I speak Spanish at home. And so my first language was Spanish. And I have an older sister who ended up um, um, being in school, learning English and I wanted to do whatever my sister did. So I spoke English with my sister and parents with my, Spanish with my parents. And I picked up a little Portuguese in Brazil. And that's like my language story. See, this is the point of, um, you know, the very first podcast is just kind of getting to know like us and like what we're all about, like kind of our, our history, like going way, way back before we ever met. So um, yeah, so that's the first one. So I um, wanted to do an extra like bonus topic. So um, Dream Sunday, it's Sunday today. Why don't we talk about like what our ideals are like for our Sunday? Dorsai, what's your Sunday like? What's your ideal? Um, it's like changing by the Sunday, but I would have to say, <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with, which I actually originally brought this topic up in couples therapy. And then what I heard Nima say, which I will see, this is like, keep him limited in scope, but I just agree. And I think it's like a general, um, is like to not have obligations. And I feel like more and more, I'm just coming to see that like Sunday is like my like tone for the week and like kind of preparation. Well, like, I guess Monday is like the tone for the week, but so you want to like help prepare for Monday 
I don't know. What did these days really mean? I call Cynthia every now and then and I tell her happy Friday and it means nothing. Um, but like, just, I think getting my life together. So I feel like it's just like kind of a, should be a day of rest, which isn't that what originally why a week was made and why a Sunday was made. I mean, it was for that day of holiness or rest or, you know, whatever. But I, I think that, yeah, being able to just get some rest and have some like quality family time. Well, we start off with mommy and me, which is like a selfish way to start off Sunday, um, but definitely needed for my soul. And then going on, yeah, I guess just getting like my house organized and, and like not having to go anywhere like that I don't want to. Not what would be a regular Sunday where you're like, well, it wasn't such a bad Sunday. No, like let's fantasize. The dream, the dream. Yeah. What I'm like realizing now, if you can't even dream of something, how will it ever come true? Like, so it's like, this is very good that you're like harping on me about it because it, how? How can something ever, like, first you have to see the possibility. So just the fact that I am the one that brought up this Dream Sunday concept and don't have an answer on my own means I'm not coming to a Dream Sunday anytime soon. But I think I just have to go with the feeling of, like, peace and love, like, in my home, in my house. With my, yeah, I think with my husband and my kid. And just that, that feeling of just everything being kind of like, I mean, not everything's not going to be caught up, but like at peace with things. Because then the rest of the week gets kind of hectic and things get out. So I guess, I don't know. What are your guys' answers? I just, you know, for me, I, when I think of a perfect like dream Sunday, it's like going on a trip or getting out or going to the beach or, you know, going for a hike. Because if you guys haven't figured it out already, um, we live in Southern California and we have everything at our um, right in front of us to have like a dream Sunday. Um, but like really what I want, I just want to like a good, good belly laugh, something that I will for ever remember something that I will never forget that I laughed my ass off so hard about and it would be with my family so either something my kid did something my husband did something that happens but just have it to be a memory to last a lifetime good but it's so sweet isn't it yeah <laughs> so sweet so I'm all about one day of rest um out of the seven whether that's a Sunday, a Tuesday, or Thursday means absolutely nothing to me. Right. The goal is for there to be a day of rest. So in my family, my husband um, has Mondays off. And so Mondays traditionally for my husband has been a day of rest, a day of catching up and preparing for the week. Um, and so Sundays have sort of been our Saturdays where Sunday nights are party nights. We have fun. Sunday nights are like when we just end up having like concert nights here at the house, play some instruments. And then Mondays are the days that we tend to go out um, maybe to the beach because those are the less crowded days. And so a good 
um, day of rest, aka Sunday, um, for sake of um, conversation, would be <laughs> my daughter would like to say bye, <laughs> and it does not record anymore. So to me, this is my ideal Sunday, at least one aspect of it. By having already started an episode of our podcast, this is already one of the best Sundays I've had in a really long time. It's been a lonely year at home, everybody. By well, well, I mean, like we've had people, and in ways we've connected more than we have. We didn't have a chance to, but then in ways it was like lonelier. Um, but yeah, I think just the fact that now we could come together and I feel like through this platform connect to so many other people out there that have been experiencing the same thing where it's just like a lot of randomness and a lot of hardship. Yeah, some good times sprinkled in there. Yeah, a lot of hardships and then just surviving, but also thriving. Mm-hmm. getting to the next place yeah just about how this year has shaped society completely differently even with yeah. the media platforms like yeah i mean even- i was google yeah i was google searching about like the great awakening and and then like period because i really feel collectively like we're having another wave of that because people kind of had an opportunity to sit wherever they were. And I mean, that really sucks for some people got frozen. Everyone got frozen in time, I feel like. And we, as hard as it is to have small children, I feel like I got frozen in time in the best place. I worked so hard to get to a point where I lived in a house that I never actually hung out in, like ever, you know? I And, um, and then to have like a, a small child that I have extra time to bond with her and for my husband to be able to come and bond with her because he's always so busy working. We're always so busy working, like everybody. So it gave everybody some time whether it was a good place they got frozen into or not, but just to think about where they are and then where they would like to be and what's going on in the world. And I think that that's just can really be a powerful force to bring people together and do like a new wave of like where we want this world to be headed. And I really like the fact that we're starting on Zoom when so much of what we loved started in person and ended on zoom and the last seasons of the last year and now we're starting on zoom i love that idea and we're going to be in person soon because we're pretty much all vaccinated at this time and i love the fact that i randomly started in my closet because so much has started from my closet with the lights off in the darkest place I could find in the universe where I imagine it's so dark that I could just all of a sudden not exist because it's that dark but here it is with the light on and so much to look forward to um knowing that there is going to be not a happy life or a happy marriage but many moments this podcast consists of three women all first-time moms Babies all born winter 2019 and all trying our very best.
at being mothers, wives, sisters, daughters, nieces. We have so much pressure, all of us. We're here to support each other. And don't ever let anyone tell you they're not judging you because we're all judging you. <laughs> Wait, I'm in, the, I'm in the working on not judging zone. You know what? I think it's so important to acknowledge we're judging. <laughs> now I'm working on not judging as much yes. or I'm working on making better judgments or I'm working towards being less judgmental. But let's be honest, one of my other favorite things is I was the best mother ever until I became one. <laughs> yeah. So I was constantly judging every mother, probably father in person too, but mostly mothers. Um, and I say this as my child, I'm entertaining her with a screen so that I can have this conversation with you all. No, see, I don't know about that. That I think is nonsense because I think we met at such a vulnerable point in our lives where we don't even know how it's like, we all gave birth. It was raining a lot for that period of time. Our kids were like about four to like eight weeks old. So it was like to get out of the house and that rainstorm was even hard to figure out. Um, and I think the beauty of our group and what let it be, we, no one had time to coordinate that. We all somehow signed up in the class. And when we ended up there and we we're lucky to have Jasmine as our instructor, I think we were in such a vulnerable place that we really didn't judge each other. And it, for the first time, let us have bonds. Like, yeah, for sure. I judge the crap out of like some people in my class that today it's still, I would be like judging, but overall the who stayed and the bonds that we created, it has been, I want to say, I feel, and I feel this like about what I share and what you guys give to me, a completely judge-free zone. So I think this is like a dream Sunday concept where I don't know what my dream Sunday is yet, but I think like a dream village or, you know, whatever home, it is like you said, that safe space. And to have that safe space, we like really need to be at a point where we're not judging. So let's like hope we don't need to get so vulnerable unless we choose childbirth again but there's a lot of other states that can make us vulnerable in life like let's hope that it's you know <laughs> but um but I think that that's what really brought us together and created that bond because we were so vulnerable that gave us space to not judge each other and we didn't have past experiences um, to like kind of have resentments or again those judgments I guess you know and I think so I think the not judging is a positive, <laughs> but <laughs> so I, you guys were out of time today. You are. Cut off again. So um, the next time we see everybody is going to be live and in person and well live for us. And then we may do uh, something afterward, but next time you see us, it's going to be in person. So no more of this Zoom shit anymore. We're going to be in person and doing it. <laughs> doing it. Doing it. Doing it. In person. Doing it.
I know, I want to say it too. <laughs> <laughs>